You're listening to a Rock Candy podcast. Hi, this is Reese Roper, and you're listening to our newest podcast ever. Hey, everybody, this is Andrew and John, and we love this podcast because it's about us. Welcome to Magnified Pod, the second season, our newest podcast ever. And some fascists tried to shake this all apart, mm. <laughs> but they didn't win. True. I'm Andrew. I'm John. And this is our podcast. Um, John, so we were just, we were going to do our our episode on the new album, mm. the new Five Iron Frenzy record. Hey. Until this shakes apart, mm-hmm. we were we had this plan to do this uh, tonight, and on this day that we're recording, maybe like an hour ago, they dropped the album for the Kickstarter backers, and so now all the Kickstarter folks who've been who supported the Kickstarter have been. Uh, commenting on the record and getting psyched about it, but we've been getting texts from people and, um, and, you know, for those curious, you know, we have had an opportunity to hear, uh, the record ahead of time and, um, some of the stages of the kind of, of the record kind of coming to be. And, uh, <laughs> where uh i'm i i'm i've been very excited to you know we've been kind of in and out of doing episodes and i've right. been just so like excited to get back and do an episode and talk about this record and and now i'm seeing other people getting excited and so Amen. i'm just ready to get the pod going again we got right. season th- we got uh season 3 coming up mm. very very soon and so we'll probably <laughs> that's right. That's right. That was John. supposed to be for the album coming out, but I didn't have it ready in time. So instead, it's for our new season. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because I just started talking and I did not stop. Uh, so I'm, I'm psyched. I think everybody else is going to be psyched. We have lots of takes uh, to come for the record. But, uh, John, before we get to the record, Mm. Uh, the last episode we did, I think was, it was pre-Christmas. Yes. Um, I think we dropped it, you know, maybe just a couple days before days, a couple days before maybe. Mm -hmm. Um, so how are you doing? How was your holiday? Uh, what are you drinking? Mm. Uh, let's, let's, uh, let's catch up, um, on that, uh, that Johnny Potts. You know, I am doing bad, <laughs> but this record coming out uh, improves that that uh, status. Um, yes. You know, Christmas was good, uh, largely without incident here at the Potter household. Um, all had a couple weeks off. That was very nice, and then 
pretty much immediately after uh, Christmas, uh, my dog Harriet, who has been mentioned um, <laughs> millions of times on the podcast, yeah. uh, started having seizures. And, you know, she uh, was 14 as it started happening. And over the next couple of weeks, things just um, really uh, went poorly for her quickly and uh she died um maybe uh i don't know how long what is time anymore uh, about a week ago from when we we're recording this so uh, not 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 the best week uh this literally yeah. coincided with um a, a nearly successful coup attempt on our country <laughs> um going yeah. back to school and work just generally shitty depressive uh state of mind for the last certainly all of last week as recording this this week things have improved it's getting a little better um on all those fronts and uh this album came out and i'm excited to talk about it and i'm excited to talk to you but yeah not not the not the easiest stretch for your boy here uh yeah in recent weeks (laughs) not to bring us down immediately but no i you know i wanted i wanted to take a, a moment just to just be real. Let people know people who who've been listening to us yeah. for a long time and care about us as people and are friends with us and people who have known us with with our you know when we used to record in in mm-hmm. your basement and have Harriet on the mic and yeah. posting. I'm sure. I, I'm pretty sure we have some Patreon videos with Harry for sure in them <laughs> and. Uh, I, I have made, you know, it very clear to many people, my undying love for your dog and how much, how much I loved her. And, um, you know, it's, it's weird to love a dog so much. That's not yours, (laughs) you know, Uh, like not if she's here yet. No, no, it's true. She's, (laughs) she was uh a beautiful beast and yeah, i man. love her so much and i know we don't we don't want to belabor it and get you know and dredge up all the all the feels or anything but i just want to raise a glass to yeah. the the memory of harriet potter and um and doggy heaven may she may she snort and <laughs> loaf and <laughs> yes and just be just be free I would expect nothing less. Thanks, man. Cheers. <laughs> yeah. Cheers uh, what are you drinking over there? Um, I am drinking some single malt whiskey. Ooh. It is from Journeyman Distillery. Yeah, I've been uh, there. Three Oaks, Three yeah. Oaks, Michigan. Shout out to uh, our Michigan listeners. We got a uh, our boy Riker who lives. That's right. Um, think i think rikers in grand rapids though but not yeah, too far close to oaks have you ever been close. there i have yeah that's where i got this bottle uh, that place is dope um, right yeah i cracked this open uh on the day that biden uh, nice. was declared victorious and it's when brian came over and we celebrated and i and i've had this bottle uh for years just sort nice. of like letting it just just waiting for kind of a moment to um, crack it open. I was like, well, what better time? That rules. And then our professional loser of a president (laughs) professionally losing in every single way he possibly could. 
Uh, so good. Um, two-time impeached uh, president, two-time loser of the popular vote. Uh, you know, just just, record. He's, <laughs> yeah. I mean, if he's if he wants to be number one, he's number one at losing. Very true. So, so much winning. We're getting sick of winning. Um, <laughs> I am not drinking that. I'm drinking a Lagunitas little something 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 something. That that is a solid <laughs> beer. It's good. Uh, nothing too exciting, but. I mean, it's not. Um, it does. It's. It doesn't blow your dick off or anything. But it's still, <laughs> as far as like a really easy drinkable. Yeah. I wanted uh, to have oil. a beer cracked for for this discussion tonight. Um, yep. And one last thing to say about my dog, and then we can move on, and I won't cry. Is that, uh, yeah, she was a part of the podcast, and it really was very sweet. How many people that uh, I know only from the pod um, reached out. Um, yeah. to say very nice things afterward because they got to know her through through Magpod Nation. So, yeah, thanks everyone for your for your condolences and and well wishes and uh, yeah, yeah, she's jamming on that new five iron <laughs> and puppy heaven tonight for sure. <laughs> That's right. I mean, I part of me and I didn't get, I wanted to get your permission, but I didn't ask like that because I shared that photo on Facebook. <laughs> Oh, yeah, that's of okay. you and me <laughs> and Harry, like when she was like dressed up in like her Christmas sweater, uh-huh. and like we did like a. I don't even know if we ended up posting that anywhere. I think we did, we did post, that Christmas. Did we yeah, po- did we it's post it that Christmas? A couple of years it was ago, from like a, f- a couple of years ago. Yeah, just oh man, she was not super excited <laughs> to be in the picture. <laughs> no, not necessarily. <laughs> <laughs> she was into it but, inside. <laughs> that's true oh man um uh peace to her little loafy memory yes um but how how was your holidays in your past couple weeks oh man um so my holidays were it's weird because uh i uh it was the most normal yeah. last year felt so um for those who don't know, uh, I, you know, I, I was staying with my parents for a good chunk of the summer. I was having a really hard time emotionally, uh, during, during the summer, during the living by myself for the first time and then being extremely isolated. And, and so there was a, maybe like, I don't know, I think it was like three months I was living with my parents um this summer from like april to july and uh so like i i see have been seeing my parents uh off and on throughout the year and you know this this christmas we didn't i didn't see them over thanksgiving just as cases continued to rise and things got a little bit scarier but uh over christmas i you know everybody I was like, I really would like to be able to see my parents over Christmas. And so um, I was quarantining beforehand and everybody got COVID tests before Christmas. And mm-hmm. um, I stayed with my parents for a um, couple days, maybe two or two or three days. I don't remember uh, before for around Christmas. And we just had a regular tr- traditional time together and it, was such an emotionally satisfying time mm. and um i 
I really needed, I yeah. really needed that sense of like normalcy. And yeah. it was weird that how so many people did not have a normal Christmas. And I felt like that it was like the most normal time for yeah. me this, this past year. That's awesome. I'm glad you got to have that. Me too. Um, so, uh, yeah. And, you know, everybody's like, yeah, 2020 is finally over. And then six <laughs> days into, uh, into this new year, we yeah. have this attempted coup by yeah. a bunch of white nationalists, white supremacists, uh, you know, uh, conspiracy theorists, extremists, terrorists, uh, whatever, any, anything you want to call them, but th- what they're not is protesters. Right. That I mean, is not... They are very special, and we love them. Um, <laughs> and and Donald Trump knows how they feel. Yeah, so... Yeah, and he just, all he wanted sense. them to do, all he wanted them to do was remain peaceful. Right. He wanted the violent mob to remain keep, peaceful. Keep being peaceful, yeah. Yeah, keeping peaceful, you know, keep be you know, as, as one does when they um, smash the windows of a Capitol and steal podiums and steal mail and yeah. take dumps on things and trash the offices of uh, congressional leaders, you know, that, that kind of peaceful. Uh, go in with the goal to uh, murder members of Congress in, in some cases. Yeah. Uh, so, or, uh, cool. you know, hang, hang Mike Pence as they were screaming right. from the gallows they erected outside. Oof. The longer you know. <laughs> that this thing went on, kind of in the days after in retrospect, I think Mm -hmm. I at least realized like, Oh, like we, we very narrowly missed what could have been much worse. Um, yeah. Yeah. And how scary that is. Um, and just, yeah, yeah, I mean, especially since there were pipe bombs. Yeah. Uh, or IEDs and, um, and Molotov cocktails were found. Um, you know, but of course, all of this stuff was planted by Antifa. We all know this. <laughs> Whenever it's something you don't like, it's Antifa. If it's something you yeah. do like, it's the other guys. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, I I just I think I was like, I mean, so I used to work on, on Capitol Hill at a certain point in my life, and seeing this happening just doesn't compute. Like, it's such a secure facility. Um, that I'm not a person who's prone to conspiracy theories, but it doesn't take long to start thinking like this had to be intentional on some level and what a scary idea that is. Um, And yeah, I think just, we we talked about this a little bit just after it's happening though, is like, this is the, as terrifying as this is, like kind of the logical conclusion of what the last several years have been. And this is where, yeah, when when a president says no, I won't commit to a peaceful transfer of power, and keeps feeding that, yeah. like this is the natural yeah. conclusion of that. So in some ways, it felt inevitable that something like this would happen. I just can't believe that it it ended up happening on the scale that it did. Um, it was it was the manifestation of Charlottesville. Yeah, yeah, um, and it is the amb- ambiguous ways that Trump has talked about white supremacy and his his like people say but he he denounced you know when you're slow to denounce something 
it's not a it it's not a, a denouncement. If yeah. if you need somebody to tell you how to denounce the Proud Boys or white supremacists, uh, and every time you do it, it sounds like you're it, you're being prompted to do it. Right. That's I'm not. I do not give any points to that. So yeah. this was, you know, people were saying like, oh, well, this was clearly planned, so it wasn't an incitement. This has been like right. This a has long been in the works. <laughs> this has been a long thing. This is yeah. not this was not uh a you know surprise to the president. He's and he was talking about the people that have been that were planning this and were talking about this back in December, you know. This was this was all part of the plan to try and disrupt everything, and yeah. um, to say that Trump didn't have play any role and has no responsibility in that, and has the fact that he still will say things like "We love you" and "You're very special," and then Ivanka Trump put out a tweet because her dad wasn't doing anything mm. like people were desperately trying to get a hold of him for hours mm. to do something right. and he was glued to the tv because he was loving it he was loving right. this and and so then ivanka tweeted something calling them patriotic americans oh boy you know and she ended up deleting it <laughs> but because because obviously but this is how they think of these people yeah they're these people think that they're patriots. They thought that they were going to be a part of something historic and they are, but not for the reason they thought. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I think part of why we were, we would have talked about this regardless of the release schedule for the record, but like right. the concerns of the album are very wrapped up in this political moment. And although the band didn't know this, explicitly was going to happen when they obviously wrote the lyrics like it it feels right. very much a, a product of the same kind of stuff that that they're addressing and we'll get into that as we as we get into the lyrics of the record a bit but like it feels you know although the title of the album until the shakes apart and and you know the fire and the images of the uprising and stuff were more about the protests uh black lives matter and and you know the statues coming down and everything last summer this sort of it, it's still it feels like we're shaking apart even more and things are even more on fire um yeah and so it's kind of wrestling with this moment that i think some of us were hopeful that like as trump you know descended out of the regular conversation this would be tamped down a little bit and maybe that will be the case but i think this element of just sort of unbridled fury is not leaving right. our country anytime soon. And No, no. Yeah. Trump leaving office, this is organized, and they have spent the last four or five years, uh, once they knew that Donald Trump was their guy, right? And the, and the Stormfront website had the most traffic it's ever had once Donald Trump became the nominee, um, you know, they saw, they saw themselves in this guy. And so they've spent these last four plus years 
organizing and preparing and growing and becoming normalized. And we have to come to terms with the fact that this is no longer fringe as much as the Republicans would like to talk about this being, this isn't a fringe thing. This is a major group. This was thousands of people. And no, not every single one of them was a proud boy. Not every single one of them was part of some neo-Nazi white supremacist group or QAnon or all of that. But Mm -hmm. they all had different motivations for why they were there. But there were some people there with, uh, with some very dark, dark intentions. And they're not going to just take the L and walk away. Right. Yeah. I think that's what my sort of fear is with all this is like, there may not be this huge concentrated effort in one place nationally goaded on by a sitting president. But even if the group gets smaller you know, as it sort of like fractures, that's like scarier in some ways, like state capitals being the uh, target of the stuff in the future or even more micro targeted things. Yeah. I mean, that's as we're recording this, we don't know. This is, you know, past John and Andrew uh, don't know what happened on the weekend of 15th, 16th and 17th. Mm-hmm. Um, because that's been some of the plans that this weekend would be capitals, state capitals around the country um, would have other protests. And, you know, you had, <laughs> did you see the images of the National Guard yeah. sleeping on the floor of the Capitol? It's wild. It's just so baffling to me. Yeah. How many apologists there are out there yeah. for these groups and the false equivalencies of this and the Black Lives Matter protests from this summer. Right. And it's so inf- it's so infuriating to me. Yeah. Protests is not the same as terrorism. <laughs> and you right. might disagree with some people smashing up a target, but that's different from thousands of people killing police officers and other people and trying to overthrow the government. Um, So yeah, again, this is stuff we'll, we'll get into a little more with the record, but I do feel like, I think we've talked about this on the pod before too, that like the thing that I can't sort of wrap my head around how we get over as a society is like with these social media bubbles that we've created with these, you know, tailored cable channels and, varying degrees of fact-based news consumptions that people have, like as we're getting in these little bubbles and we can no longer agree on objective fact as a society, like how do you move forward from that moment? I truly don't know. And this is the natural outcome of it where like they read their news, which isn't based in fact, but you can't tell people, no, my news is based in fact, yours isn't when they won't agree on what fact is. So just that scares me regardless of, kind of what comes next or if we're able to pull out of this moment a little bit is just like, I don't know how to transcend that. And I do feel like this album addresses um, things concerned with that. So I'm appreciative for them sort of reckoning with this moment, but yeah, we live in a post truth culture right right now. Yeah. And it's mostly about what feels true. Mm -hmm. Um, 
was it a was it Col- Stephen Colbert from the Colbert Report that like talked about truthiness? Yeah, I think he was the the coiner of yeah. that phrase. Yeah, yeah, just like truthiness is like essentially if something feels true or right. it's like you know then it's it's true and it's real and it's like as much as trump people would like to say you know fuck your feelings you know it's like i mean <laughs> yes this entire this entire thing is about your feelings that you feel that right. trump won the election right despite 50 some courts with yeah. trump appointed judges saying get the fuck out of here no this didn't happen and mitch mcconnell being like no that <laughs> if you can't get trump judges and mitch mcconnell on your side right and how much more fringe can you be and that's so many people now and that's what's yeah. so scary like we lost our ability to reason. think critically and reason yeah and it just that I don't know how we get out of that. I mean, I don't think we're going back to having a few channels and a few major newspapers that everyone just took for granted was reported factually. Um, yeah. Or, or even having politicians who would generally put aside, you know, certainly conspiracy theories and, and do the right thing. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's all gone. Have a spine. Right. Yeah. You have so these people just let the sycophants, uh, that have replaced any sort of uh, leadership. And yeah. you have just the most appalling people that, uh, that like li- the Lindsey Grahams of the world and the Josh Hollies and the Ted Cruz's. Yeah. These people that are just unbelievably gross and, um, <sighs> opportunistic in in a in a way that just blows my mind and i guess i was naive to think that i didn't think that we had this many fascists in the country right but evidently we have leaders who you know they talk about cancel culture but they're like let's cancel Right. 80 million votes of yeah. <laughs> of people who voted for Biden. Yeah. And literally the only news story that I saw of a uh, someone voting illegally was a Trump supporter who right. used his his dead mom and voted with her name and her ballot. That's the only story I saw. And even like even that to, is like that's not widespread voter fraud. It's right. fraud, but yeah. widespread voter fraud to swing an election doesn't exist. Right. The voter fraud that does exist right. is gerrymandering. Like right, if we right, want right. to talk about voter fraud, if we want to talk about how Trump could have won still while losing the popular vote that still could have happened and it wouldn't have taken that many more votes right uh, for the electoral college for him to pull that off that to me is what's fraudulent about our system is that uh 
in the the two two Republican presidents that we've had in the last twenty years have won uh, the electoral college, but lost the popular vote. Right. And that to me is like, if we want to talk about, they keep talking about, oh, the these these 70 some million Trump voters are feeling like they're not being represented. It's like, okay, well, let's talk about what, what happens when we elect somebody that a majority of the country didn't vote for. You right. know, that, that is a serious conversation we need to start having now. Yeah. Because nobody should want that. Yeah. No. And when, when, voter suppression is behind so much of your political calculus right. to win. Obviously it's based in fraudulence. Like this whole thing of yeah. Georgia flipping is evidence of right. not the fact that these are red states turning blue, but the fact that these are states with large black populations that have been suppressed for hundreds of years now. Um, right. So exactly. yeah, I mean, I, I feel like the whole calling, it's always the thing that you're like, saying the other side is doing that you're actually doing, you know, it's, um, it is 1 billion percent projection. Everything right, right. that the Republicans cry foul about is yeah. it's always projection. Yeah. You know that it, and, and it, that's the part that is so, it's so maddening. Right. So Can't maddening you see this? Me. Can't you use your brain to see that this is what voter fraud is? Um, and what we end up with is somebody who's the only person who's been impeached twice and lost the popular vote twice, who as a result has decided a third of the Supreme Court and what, like a third of the federal judges in the country. So that doesn't seem like a system that is working great. <laughs> well, let's be let's be honest that the judges are it's all Mitch. It's been all Mitch. Yeah, 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 of course. He that he Mitch sold his soul yeah. and sold out the Republican Party and conservatives because he thought that Trump would be a lame president that he could manipulate and that he could use these four years to push forward his agenda. And the result is obvious. You know, this is, this is what we've gotten because they chose a guy who's a demagogue and a white nationalist fascist wannabe and and so now they're, you know, they're like, oh, and fuck you guys. Like you, right, yeah. you want to, you want to pretend like you're above this when you have enabled this for four right. years. Growing a spine and saying, this is the last stand when there's like a week left to go. It's yeah. Real profiles and courage. Yeah, we the Democrats need we need unity, and it's like give me a fucking break. You're talking with the about like that tried to kill me. Yeah, right. Like it's 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 amazing to me that that these people they have stirred this pot and whipped all these people into a frenzy, and now that they not even a five iron are, one. <laughs> oh. That was really uh, good. <laughs> you nailed it. They they whip these people up, and and now that they're like, I think they realize like, oh shit, right. like I'm actually legitimately scared right. of the people that we have created. We created this monster. Yeah, and I don't, I don't, I don't know. It was like one of those those tweets that I kept saying that I don't know who to attribute to. That somebody's like, 
is there any precedent in in like culture or movies or literature about someone creating a monster and then like losing <laughs> control of that monster or something? <laughs> sounds something unfamiliar. Like that. Yeah, it sounds unfamiliar. I don't know. Um, and I think that's what's what's going on. That yeah, M- Mike Pence and these other people that they're just like oh, these are our districts and these are the people that voted for us and I'm going to not have a spine and vote f- against uh, the reality. Like, I'm, or vote for the reality of the situation, but, like, I'm going to be like, well, let's, uh, this is, let's throw out these electoral votes, let's throw out this election and start over or give it to Trump or whatever. And it's just yeah. like, you guys... Yeah, it doesn't... Uh, I hope it was worth it, bros, but... Uh... Getting getting a majority on the Supreme Court doesn't seem worth it when you and your colleagues were nearly murdered in an attempted coup on the floor of the Congress. So, and Anywho. giving and giving a, a COVID to other people because yeah, they, fucking uh, God wouldn't damn it wouldn't, <laughs> wouldn't wouldn't wear masks and were had to be in tight quarters because they were going to be murdered if they weren't you know hiding and it's just like you guys are such fucking assholes. I can't like, stop just, being killed in different ways by these groups of conservatives. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah Fiverr and Frenzy yeah. has a new album out. <laughs> <laughs> do we, do we want to, is there anything else you want to say about this moment before um, we move on? You know, I think we've summed up, summed it up and we'll, it'll probably come up a little bit more. Yeah. Uh, as we discuss some of these songs, but um, this is a very political album. Yeah, it's a it's a densely political and uh, uh, emotional record, right? So yeah, I think I've been more aware of us going on long-winded leftist rants on the pod in the past, but this is a this is a long-winded leftist album. <laughs> There's like <laughs> no separating what we're ranting about from what the majority of the songs on this album are about. So it feels yeah, very if- of a piece. Yeah, if you like John, if you if you want me to just take the long-winded leftist rants and you can just sit back, that's fine. Like if that's what you want, but like uh this, I'll just let Reese do we, it. <laughs> right? I'll just we can just read uh Reese's lyrics verbatim and I'm going to. <laughs> <laughs> um all right. So, yeah, we'll take a break and when we come back, we will go track by track of the new 500 Frenzy record until this shakes apart. Woo. Hey, Sugar. I'm Erica Michelle. I host a voice diary called Brown Sugar Diaries on the Rock Candy Network, where I spill all the tea about my daily experiences, life lessons, my journey to healing and wholeness, my life as an entrepreneur, student doctor, CEO of a nonprofit, and I give my opinion on the current happenings of the world. You see why I have this voice diary? I got a lot of stuff to talk about. Tune into Brown Sugar Diaries wherever you listen to podcasts and let's sip on this tea or wine. You'll cup your business, Sugar, okay? And we're back. Andrew, this is a good album. John. <laughs> um, correct. This is a good album. Um, I would even say it's a great album. 
I, I, I agree with you on that. Um, I so as we kind of mentioned up top, we we're let in a little early on this record and humble brag. Um, no, I'm not trying to be a douche about it. I'm just, I'm just saying that we have heard some of the evolution of some of these tracks yes, and uh, some of the early mixes. And I got to tell you guys, we got the best possible version. Yeah, it sounds of, so good. It sounds really, really good. And yeah. some of the slight tweaks that they did yeah. Yeah. make all of the difference. I can't believe how much of a, how much a tiny thing yep. can make all the difference, or just an additional horn line, or additional totally. like little vocal uh, adding, and a little bit of a I don't know. There's just a lot that happens, and uh, I think we need to. So yes, uh, I think why don't we get into a little bit of the the details on who was yes. involved in um Scott Kerr hey uh, the madman I've heard of him he 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 had his hands all over this yes we have our boy Jeremy <laughs> Jer, Jeremy SH Jer, uh, uh-huh. Jeremy SH Griffith came back uh to do the vocal recordings for this record mm-hmm. um and he did he he was do he was responsible i guess for some of the some of the mixing but i think scott was pretty much the the main the main dude the main um producer and yeah. and uh engineer. On the record engineer main engineer yeah produced and engineered by scott uh vocal production by jeremy and scott Mixed by yeah. Jeremy, mastered uh, by Jonathan Berlin, I believe, uh, who is from Sunbears, who we talked about with Jeremy and or Matt Langston. I can't remember now. <laughs> um, I can't remember now. Maybe both of them, but I believe he he mastered it. Um, and yeah, we. I mean, we'll get into it more, but you know, we love those those Scott Kerr production flourishes, and mm. I think those are all over the place on this album in a great way. And B to your point, we heard earlier versions and those, those added flourishes since then really do just like put a lot of these songs over the edge for me. They sound great. Um, The vocals and just the general production all sound great. So hats off to all those guys. Um, Our boy. Our boy. We got to talk about our boy, Jason. We got to that. We got a shadow shadow producer. Shadow producer, Jason at unoriginal vial. Along with Bruno, did I say an original vile? Yeah, an original, original vile. <laughs> I got another artwork out. Um, <laughs> How many beers vial. have you had, bro? <laughs> Just half of one. Uh, I'm an old man. Um, but yes, coming in with some dope artwork. I hope everybody's gotten a chance to check it out. I'm sure when we see the actual vinyl product, I cannot wait to take a look at this thing. But yeah, it just looks so good. Um, yeah, they did a great job. I. I like I said, the kind of, um, you know, the photo that comes mm-hmm. underneath the the letters of the cover yeah. until the shakes apart come from um, Minneapolis, from uh, yeah. the uprising. And, and it feels like 
a record that's um, addressing the world being on fire. Um, and it looks appropriately matched to that. And we mentioned briefly before we started recording how dope the uh, the tally mark oh. logo looks in this iteration, all so kind of scratched up and metally. It looks so cool. It looks so cool. It it I think it very much fits the yeah. aesthetic. It, yep. it, a, a clean you know tally mark just would not work because this album is dark and heavy and dropping all kinds of truth bombs. And uh, there's not really, there isn't really that moment of levity that one expects typically no. No. on a five iron. There's no battle dancing unicorns with glitter no. on this record. There's, there's a pair there's, of songs in the middle that are, the closest it gets to silly-ish, but there's no straight-up silly song. No. Um, I mean, I I don't even know what... I don't even know what you'd be referring to. We'll get there. We'll get there. <laughs> okay. Because, I mean, like, I don't... Like, I, like there's silly-ish? Silly-ish, yeah. Not just straight-up silly. But, I, I mean, whatever. Old anxiety and homelessly devoted to you are probably the closest to just kind of like fun and relatively silly. Um, um, homelessly devoted to you is not a silly song. Okay, well, I look forward to <laughs> to your breakdown. <laughs> okay, um, there's yeah, there's a uh, we'll get there. We'll get there. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I, you know, I <laughs> as we talk about these this pair of albums the most recent one i you know i can only kind of think about it in context with engine because i think about them as sort of like the new iteration of five iron and like again objectively i don't think that you can argue that these are their their best two albums and that this is probably their best which is like a hot take to throw out there um but subjectively you know it's still a lot of the earlier records that I love sort of the most and that's sort of unimpeachable. And we've talked about that. Um, right. But as far as like what I want to hear from them today, it feels like such a cool follow-up to engine, which is kind of like peak new five iron for me. Like if engine right. a million plots is sort of melancholy in tone, this is like just righteous anger in tone. Um, you know, here's, here's what I'll say. Yes. Uh, our newest album ever um and upbeats and beatdowns and you know quantity like i love those albums and i love those songs um but when i'm thinking about going to a five iron show in 2021 or yeah. 2022 jesus christ you know um <laughs> i i want to hear uh, I want to hear engine. I want to hear until the shakes apart. Yeah. I like I the stuff that they have the la their two last two albums. The body of work of of Five Iron Frenzy has gotten to a point in these last two albums where I feel like they have found they have found a 
a wheelhouse and a and Scott has really dialed it in. Dennis has really dialed it in. Yeah. Um, and we need to shout out Dennis because he is he had a a big role. It, it would appear on a lot of the yeah the songwriting with with Scott on this record. Um, but I. Like, do I want to hear Arnold and Willis and Mr. Drummond like for the 97th time? Right. I mean, like, I, I'm i just saying, dude, like, I, it's not that I don't love those old records. Of course, I love them. And they're, again, they, like you said, in our minds, some of these, the nostalgia and the unimpeachable, unimpeachable unlike our president, uh, the nature hey. of, these, of these older records, like, it's there. But yeah, when we talk about the objective nature of the strength of the songwriting totally the importance of like if let's be let's say like if if five iron came back in 2021 with a batch of like fun and lighthearted songs we would be like what the fuck are you doing <laughs> yes correct like if they didn't release this record if they if reese yeah. didn't write these songs right. and these lyrics and uh, the, in 2020 and 2021, like, I would have been like, what a goddamn waste. Yeah. What a waste of a moment that they could have said something. And, you know, after this past summer and after what's been going on in the last week um, and seeing, like, a lot of the bands that, uh, like, on the Ska Against Racism comp and that sort of, like, that ska movement that's coming back. And like, I'm just, I'm like, this is, this is where ska is going. I feel like it's, it is the unity of the ska movement and of the, the new tone, if you will, uh, that, that, that sort of, uh, bad operation. Um, the mm-hmm. new, that new band, um, that just put out their, their debut record. I feel like, I, I feel like they've, co- they coined that, that term new tone it's kind of like but, new metal for a new generation it, exactly <laughs> is it nu tone yeah it's it's nu with the unlads um, yeah yeah cool. <laughs> um no but i just i just think that this is this is the stuff this is where where it needs to be going and this is the album we needed from them and um I, I I think I don't know I don't know if we're gonna have a have a difference of opinion on on, yeah. on some of this. I'm curious. I mean, yes, I, Reese is out of fucks. <laughs> We've covered that uh, yeah. fresh out. Um, in terms of lyrics, this could not be a more Andrew and John <laughs> Five Iron <laughs> album. Right. They served right. it up to us on a platter. Um, right. And in terms of you know what we heard from them that this was going to be a much more heavily two tone record uh which is certainly true and in terms of living and, in that vibe and dubby and dubby which we've said like we're very much here for them sort of living in that world um i think they really delivered on all those fronts it feels like a a, a good place for them to go next um there's not a bad song on here i'll just say i don't like it as much as engine <laughs> and again we have had it for a little bit, uh, you know, as we're recording it, it literally came out, you know, whatever, like a couple hours ago, but right. we have been listening for much longer than that. But like, and, and it's certainly true that as I spend more time with it, that could change. I do think there's a sort of, 
driving energy and then sadness on engine that this doesn't quite explore. It explores a different thematic terrain. And I'm, I'm totally happy with where they go here. I just don't think it's ever going to reach that for me in terms of the style that they go for here. Um, well, you know, I, I think it, it took you a while to get into it. Did. It's true. It, I it's feel true. like it took you years to get <laughs> yeah, into it. Well, I, I sort of listened through it and, and didn't give it enough of a chance and then much later revisited it in depth and then, and then loved it. But yeah, yeah it could, it certainly could be that it, it will take a little more time to grow on me. Um, having said that, like I, I love the sound here. As we've said, I think it sounds great. Um, the fuzzy bass just everywhere. Mm. Um, synthy flourishes all over the place. And yeah, as you said, killer horn lines. I feel like the horns oh. are just beautiful on this record. They're, they sound oh. warm and they sound complicated and they're not sort of um, grafted onto rock songs as no, sometimes not, the like... Not- no, yeah, this the, is not a this is not a horn line that's going along with the chord progressions. Our line, yeah, exactly. Yeah, this they, is they, this is like a whole other thing. And there, Dennis, Dennis does things. He does trombone things on this record ooh. that are so great. I yeah. I'm so uh, I get the like. I get the impression that Dennis does a, a lot of the horn arrangements. Yes. Um, uh, and what they have done on this record is yeah. with the horns and some of the horn additions that were are new. Yes. Some people are going to be hearing for the first time. Right. They're going to hear a song that's like, oh, I've heard this song. No. Yeah. No, you haven't. <laughs> no, you haven't, bro. Yeah, um, just just you you have now. But, um, <laughs> yeah, I feel like the the sophistication of, of the horn lines and the great sound of them and how they weave into songs and when they come in, it's just, I mean, I think they're, they're the best they've ever, they've ever sounded. Um, mm-hmm. so that's a, a brief sort of musical synopsis. I would say lyrically, like, again, it's very, I mean, flame emoji all over the place, <laughs> burning yes. things down, but you know, one thing I do want to talk about a little bit, as we as we said, is like a lot of these lyrics came out of the uprising and protests and statues coming down and even COVID spreading of like last summer. Um, yeah. But with the most recent events of the insurrection at the Capitol, it hits a little different for me now. Um, yeah. And I'm not at all comparing yeah. the protests of the summer with like the Capitol, what happened there, but storming the the barricades and breaking down the doors sounds less appealing <laughs> than it did uh, prior to that. So it's just like, we'll, 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 we'll approach that as well, it comes up throughout the record. A, but it's Palisades, bro. Palisades. Yes. Correct. Um, yeah. But some of that does, does feel different now, sort of. I think I, you know, but to me, like some of that stuff is, you know, more, metaphorical yes and, absolutely you know than actual literally tearing down you yes know, you know we'll get to that song we'll get yeah. there so um is there you anything know, the else first, you want to say the first song i ever wrote for tiger jack my my famed band uh yes. was called knock down the door and it was about you know, metaphorically knocking down the door of the Capitol building. Um, so I certainly agree. There's a long punk tradition of sort of knocking down the establishment door. Um, 
And then when I see people actually doing that, it feels like, well, wait, that's not, I didn't mean that kind. Um, so it's a tricky, yeah, it's just a tricky thing to sort of wrestle with when it comes to sort of punk ethos in general, I suppose. Um, but yeah, I think you're right. It's a, it's a, it's a societal joining together in knocking down the door of, uh, of fascism. (laughs) So. Yeah. And just the, the, the power structures and the, the sort of the the deaf ears and the ambivalence of our leaders to uh to the cries of injustice you know yeah you know hear hear the riots from your motorcades you know this is like these people in their in their bubbles of protection and they're yeah. protected from all the all the things going on until they're not. Right. But, you know, anyway, should we start yeah. from the beginning before we get we get too far into Let's uh, uh let's go in through that outdoor. This is such a great opening track. It is. It is. The driving, the driving drums and yep. that that great guitar riff. It's it, it, I mean, it was it was to me like before the track listing was even uh you know laid out, I was like, mm-hmm. this, this to me opener. is this is the opening track. Yeah, I think you're totally right. It's a great get hype song. And uh, in fact, it's my number two. Oh shit! <laughs> That's great. Um, yeah. Before before we get to um, why it's your number two, I, well, let's talk about. I, I feel like this is um, a sort of a sister song to Old West, you know, because it's you're starting off the album calling out. Uh, our government Mm -hmm. for the treatment of the other quote unquote, the other and using your religion as a justification for those, for those actions. You know, they're at the fences, they're at the border, your brand new gospel, deny them any quarter. Mm -hmm. And uh, why is grace now civil disobedience? You know, this, this sort of like, uh, Shouldn't we be welcoming 
Right. The stranger isn't this uh, primarily and specifically, you know, your brother's at the door, bless the poor in spirit. Your sister's in a cage, but you do not fear it. Yep. You know, this is, you know, this is the the sheep and the goats. This is yep. what what Jesus was saying in Matthew. They're like, you know, you know, when did we see you hungry or exactly. thirsty or a stranger? Yep. You know, this is, you know, this is something that I'm, as I've I, I've been thinking about this record and sort of the content of it. I've been, uh, I I foresee, and I'm preparing to see some takes from people. Um, about this record and how far left it is and progressive it is and how there is not a worship song on it and Mm. how it's so political and it's not really a Christian record, but I would argue that this is the most Christian record. Ooh, that I like that. that Yeah. I think this is the, some of the, the, the gospel truths. uh, I mean, the ways that they, that, Reese uh, conjures the name of of Christ in this record yeah. is not in a worshipful tone, as in you are using his name for profit and to deny uh, and to deny people their humanity. And yeah. here are all the ways that you are uh, not living up to to Jesus's call to right. love your neighbor. Yeah, I a hundred percent agree. I had in my notes that it's an album that is largely about taking God's name in vain, like what that really means. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And that's something that five Aaron has always addressed in different ways, but it feels like those right. chickens have really come home to roost in our current <laughs> climate of like, not only are right. people using God, to do these objectively evil things and make more money and, and be spineless as we mentioned in our first segment. Um, yeah, but they're doing it in a way where it's like, but you can see how nakedly, um, they're just using that. Um, yeah. And so that offends (laughs) Reese and the band as people who, uh, proclaim christ to be something other than that so yeah i feel like it that kind of gets it, back to that it offends me like right, i'm yeah, offended sure. right like right, right, totally. like i like it doesn't you don't need to be totally. a christian uh to be offended by the weaponizing of religion and right. that to me is is what is so gross and yeah because i see i see the people in my life who are so such sincere, so sincere in their faith and the hurt of like what yeah. the, the, the cultish ways of evangelicalism and Trumpism has, has done to uh, what they see uh, in, in just the feeling. So it just, it, 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 it sucks. Like as a, as an empathetic person, it just, I hate it for people of faith. And yep. what it's and what and the the sort of the the tension it's bringing out like tension right. is good like I I like struggle struggle in your faith struggle in your beliefs like I I believe that's important but like this sort of this sort of like behavior of of the you know uh, 
you know, like he said, you know, your 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 sister's in a cage, but right. like these people just don't care because it's yeah. you right. know it's the other, it's it's whatever. They're yeah. brown people. They're they're a scary caravan. Ooh, right. you know. Yeah. If we can get to a point as a society where, as the songs on the record reflect, we're putting kids in cages and and murdering them with guns and not doing anything to stop it, and doing it in the name of God, your your worship is not going to be songs of praise. It's going to be these like, please to, yeah. to stop doing this in God's name and, and, and various prayers to God throughout the album about like, don't let this yeah. be the way that it is. Um, so yeah, I would say all of that is largely why it's my number two. Um, but then I got three words for why uh, it really makes it for me. That bridge, baby. <laughs> uh, the bridge fucking rules. Uh, we got to hear a little bit of that breakdown. Ooh. Hey. Watch a fist in the air. That bass, that bass uh, is so bass. good. <laughs> yeah, man. I I was already on board for the song. I love a sort of driving five iron, you know, all out song. But once that breakdown happened, and then into the hey hey, I was like, okay, well, I guess this is in my top three. Um, <laughs> yeah, this and, is. Uh, I I just imagine you and me in oh, the man. pit, I know, arms man. around each other's shoulders, uh, fists in the air. Yay, yay. Someday. Then like, and then open up that fucking pit. Just, <laughs> man, I just can't. Yes. I just cannot wait. I cannot wait for these songs live. I just cannot I know, wait. I'm with you. Um, and you read some of the uh, bridge lyrics that I love, but I also wanted to shout out this uh, verse from the, uh, the second verse where he says, your new God, he loves blind conformity. So pledge allegiance and wave your flags in uniformity. I mean, that's... That's good stuff. So this is very much in the sort it's of all, punk um, anthem mode for them. Yep. yep. And uh, especially last week when we yep. saw those thousands of Trump right. uh, supporters and um, people bringing their Trump flags and replacing the American flag with the Trump flag. Right. You know, but, you know, Colin Kaepernick, he was disrespecting right, was, the flag, that right? That was too much. Yes, too yeah. much disrespecting the flag and replacing the American flag with your false idols. So cool, cool, cool. Um, John, we're we're gonna have so many spicy takes on this <laughs> this record. Okay, uh, should we move on? Yes. Um, you know what we need to do? Actually, we need to go from uh, we need to go from the end of "In Through the Outdoor" uh. into. Lonesome for her heroes. Love it.
I am so into the dubby, yeah, over over overt ska yeah. uh, of this song. The guitar, the horn lines rule, the subtle little uh, keys, yeah, in the background. Um, it's it's a very specific song. Um, it is a reference, uh, to an Allen Ginsberg, um, Mm. you know, uh, Um, Uh. he, uh, he writes, I saw the best minds of my generation destroyed by madness, starving, hysterical, naked, who drove cross country 72 hours to find out if I had a vision or you had a vision And he had a vision to find out eternity who journeyed to Denver, who died in Denver, who came back to Denver and waited in vain, who watched over Denver. And now Denver is lonesome for her heroes. Wow, man. I was one of those annoying kids who who loved the beats in high school and I loved Howl, but I totally forgot about that whole section. That feels very powerful now that you're saying it in the context of this. Yeah. um, You know, and it's... so it's uh, a lot of it is about the gentrification and yeah. uh, the greed and the wealth disparity um, and sort of selling out the people of of Denver. It would it would seem. Yeah. Um, no, I think you're right. I would, these are, yeah. Go ahead. No, no, no. Go ahead. I was going to say these are Reese and Dennis lyrics, uh, mm-hmm. more fire lyrics. And yeah, I think it, obviously it's, it's specifically about Denver and lamenting what happened to it, but I feel like it, it's applicable to what's happened to many cities, which is like, you know, right. the work, the working class or the poor getting pushed out for the rich and just how that's kind of yep. gone yep. across the country. Um, and, and they're not pulling any punches, you know, he says the hero's gone, the city cast to swine, <laughs> So that's how he yeah. feels about what's going on with Denver these days. Yeah. Um, yeah. The, uh, a playground for the 1%. So put the middle class right. on welfare. Yeah. Um, but this is, this is a song where I want to call out the bridge because this Ooh. is some bomb ass Dennis <laughs> shit right here. Yeah, man. So rolls. good, those little dubby textures yeah, and the, yeah, yeah. Uh, the reverb. It's so yeah. great. That yep. song. So it's it's this is the song. So this isn't in my top three, but in terms of songs on this record that moved up in in my appreciation yeah. for them, this is that song. Like I I liked it when I first heard it, but the more I have listened to this record. This is a song that has moved up in the ranks 
in terms of yeah. appreciation for the most. I could see that. Yeah, it's uh, I'm I'm glad that you started it where you did with the ending of Into the Outdoor because again, those like echoey dubby keys really make the texture of this thing. And this feels like such a textured album. And I just yeah. love the kind of space that they're playing in, in some of these dubby songs where it feels like there's kind of some freedom to put some musical flourishes on it that they might not always have. Well, uh, it also, it it's also similar to me, um, uh, to engine with against a sea of troubles into so far. Yeah, it sure. kind of has right. that same sort of like transitioning, right, right. Uh, not the same sort of energy of so far, but right. that that trailing off of the song and just sort of transitioning seamlessly. Yeah. Um, so I'm very into it. Same. And a song that we're all familiar with now. great get hype song yep the this i feel like uh so we sing is one of the it's just one of the perfect examples of the ways that scott and the band i know we keep calling out scott but i feel like he seems to be kind of that driving force behind a lot of the textures yes in like um, and, I, and if he's and if he's not, feel free uh, the band to correct us. But I feel like in our times that we've talked to him, that just se- though that just seems to be kind of his thing. We we saw that a lot on Yellow Second. So, but yeah. this this song specifically has so much of that. The yeah. uh, and I and I love it. I love all of those elements. All of that the depth and the texture that is, that is brought to a lot, pretty much all of the album, but I think it's, it's, it's very clear. in in so we sing. Yeah. We, we've already covered this song. Um, but I will say now hearing it in the context of the album, it is a a top three contender for me. I, I really like this song. It's me too. That really catchy chorus. Um, the sound overall, as you said, um, that punchy sound of the horns that we we called out last time, I love, and then that, yeah. um, you know, the I love the organ keys sound and the bridge that we called out before. The synthy flourishes throughout, like you're talking about, and then that fuzzy bass. I mean, we've talked about the fuzz bass on this record, but it's just wall to wall. I I asked Scott 
how he achieved it. And, you know, he's basically saying he ran it, he ran it through a, a pedal, um, which has like that over overblown, overdriven tube amp sound from the pedal. But then he, he runs a, a, a dry direct input signal, um, that he puts some plugins and stuff on it, but you know, whatever his process is, I, it sounds so cool. I really like it. It sounds, it sounds uh, really cool. It's, it's great. It, you're not, you're not getting, you're not getting a standard low end on, on the bass sounds. And right. what I love, what I love about Scott is his musicality and the proficiency of the, of the, of the instruments that he has like, because he does like, yeah, he started out writing a lot of the, the music for five iron. So, and he Mm -hmm. was a guitar player and then he transitioned to bass and then he's doing all the keys on this record too. So, I mean, it's just, I'm, I'm just, uh, I don't throw around (laughs) genius, but you know, I think we've, we've, said it a number of times that he's a, just a right. melody genius. Yeah. And I just, I, I love, uh, all that he's, that he brings. Um, but there's, a there's some other, I don't want to just keep talking about Scott and, and, and Dennis. Um, but, but because, I mean, when you talk about like a lot of the songwriting that they, they, they're a, a chunk of it, but there are, uh, a handful of songs that are pretty much attributed to the to the whole band, yeah. And we get some we get some Leonor background vocals on this record. Ooh, f- fucking finally! You yeah, know? Right? It's, a, it's about time gets a get to get to hear hear our girl on this record. We want um, Leonor vocals. <laughs> I just heard the street just chanting. They yeah, wanted right? Leonor vocals. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, the people demand it. Leonard Vokes. Yep. Give them to us. Um, yep. Uh, <laughs> next song. Bullfight <laughs> for an Empty Ring. Oh. Ooh. Yes. This song rules, and yeah. it is my number three. Hey, cool! Yeah, I I, I like this one a lot. Uh, the 
it it's it is a banger end to end. The the ska guitars, the yeah. bass fucking rules. Yeah, it's great. The, the piano. Yeah. Um uh the the drums in the in the chorus are the like I, I don't know that Dan Andy does some it's probably like a a you know not it, I don't know there's just something about the drums in the I'm yeah. gonna just back back it up for a second. You can keep it all your memories and covering yeah. I don't know. I just like that little that little fill there he does. Yeah. But, Sounds um, great throughout the record. Goes without yeah. saying. Goes without saying, but we should say it uh, unequivocally. Yes. The dr- the drums not only are excellent because it's fucking Andy, but they just they, they just sound, great. sound they just yep. sound great. Yep. Um, you know, gotta you gotta make our dude, you gotta make our dude sound good. That's right. Um, but the what I what I love about this is just another one of those songs about love of money and yeah. and unchecked greed and uh <laughs> uh so light the coal your future is a dust bowl you can't see the sun because oil pays the bankroll you know just calling out uh you know our our future is fucked because like oh well at least some people are getting rich off ruining our right. environment yeah um, calling out not, uh, yeah. gun makers and politicians as being those who yeah. like cast the dice for Jesus clothes i mean again oh, that I mean that that to me is like i that's in like uh uh top 5 lyrics yeah, on the album yeah pretty for great me. man you know, uh, wolves in the assembly casting votes for Jesus clothes. Oh, yeah, that's pretty oh, good. Oh, so good. And it is, you know, it is damning. <laughs> and it's, it's not pulling punches. Nope. Nope. Um, um, Kevin has joined the podcast. So let me hello, just, Kevin. <laughs> let me just pet, pet your pet extra hard, everyone. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not trying to be ungrateful, John. No, I know. I know you're in. She she jumped up in my lap and started sniffing the microphone. So I'm like, this is uh this is distracting. Yeah. So everybody, everybody hug your pet. Yeah. Extra hard tonight. Anyway, so we are talking about uh um politicians selling us out. Yes, we were for the next uh, hour. Um <laughs> no, but the but the casting votes for Jesus clothes part, yeah, yeah. you know, it's just like these these people that um, uh, claim him and then execute him and then like you know just go through every last thing to just uh, of of his belongings to just see what they can right. what they can take you know that's that's how I feel about a lot of the politicians how they. They use they use Jesus and uh, they don't they don't mean a goddamn thing. Yep. Of, of these convictions that they claim to have, they don't they don't care. No. They're they're wolves in the assembly. Yep. But the yeah, the uh, you fold your hands to pray only later just to wash them. 
this is this is we we see we've been seeing this so much yeah in in the last week these especially people like uh lindsey graham Mm -hmm. uh who literally almost verbatim said that he was after all that had gone on he was out he didn't want to have anything to do with it it's like bro you you were help nailing Jesus to the cross, mm. and and then you're just like, oh no, I don't I don't want to have anything to do with the repercussions to to what I've contributed to, right? You know, you can't. It's like this is it's so frustrating, and it's th- this. I I think these kinds of people need to be called out. Um, yeah, tons and every day forever until the end of time. Yeah. They, uh, these are lyrics by Reese and Scott, and I think they're great. And, um, you know, one of the things that Reese talked about with us that we've mentioned a couple of times is like sort of struggling with part of the five iron sort of ethos is calling out others. Yes. But pointing the, the finger back at yourself and that he was struggling a little bit with like feeling like it was too much calling out others and not enough focused on himself. And we were kind of like, you know, I think you get a pass right now. <laughs> like for yeah. this moment, it is okay to have an album of songs about calling people out. Cause there's stuff going on that we've never had to deal with. And I'm glad that he sort of stuck with that. Cause it's a lot of pointing fingers and, and, and rightfully so. You could end the suffering, but all you want is everything. Yeah. You know, and when you look at, um, you know, we have a new richest man um, Mm. to think that Jeff Bezos is no longer the richest man and that Elon Musk has surpassed him. Mm. I mean, just the unparalleled greed yeah, and the immoral nature of being that obscenely wealthy. Yeah, and how easy it is when you're that wealthy to turn your blind, uh, turn a blind eye to literally all of the suffering that exists. Yeah, I think that that goes hand in hand with the idea of like, you know, some of these folks in power could stop this process, but they don't want to give it up because there's power to be gained. So, so why, why cut ties now? Um, apart from the lyrics, as you said, I just, I I love the sound of the song. I think it's a cool vibe. And there's one of several moments on the record that actually remind me of Rage Against the Machine, (laughs) which is the little guitar solo that comes before the final chorus. It's just kind of this like, uh, yeah. That feels kind of Tom Morello to me. Those that piano, that yeah, it's so great. It's so great. It's not 
it's not in your face. No. It's 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 not like a really high it's high tone. It's it's a low thing, but it's right. it sounds so great. It's great. And it's one of it's those great. things that I really connected with on yes. this song. Agreed. Yep. Good song. Great song. Uh feeling like a renegade bro? Mm. number two okay i wondered if it would make yours it's probably my number four just outside but certainly a contender for me um this song cannot so this is a um a a, again another song that calls out our spineless politicians it calls Mm -hmm. out the nra um it is primarily about school shootings and the proliferation of of guns and kids dying at the hands of of said guns and um this is the most powerful in my opinion of the uh probably the most powerful song on the record specifically because uh because of the bridge yeah. Should we listen to that, or did you want to add some thoughts before sure. we got to that? No, I, I I agree with all that. I I, um, I think you're probably right that this is at least lyrically the most powerful song, and that the bridge is the most powerful part. So let's let's hear that. Love that. And the Son of God, you call the Prince of Peace. You want His worshippers. Your sales increase and the son of God.
I yeah. get I get chills every yeah. time. You want your ledgers black. We want our children back. You know, I. It's uh, it's brutal, man. It is yep. fucking brutal. Um, there's a there's a line that we didn't listen to. Um, they hope we overlook the halls at Sandy Hook. Yeah. Um, which is uh, I mean, it, yeah, it's 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 the fact. I I still think that after that moment in our history, yeah, our inability to pass any sensible gun legislation after that moment was it was probably the most uh, morally bankrupt uh, yeah. moment in our in one of our in one of them in in recent in recent years that we couldn't look at um dead children and be like oh maybe we should like do anything do anything just like yeah and and i remember watching obama come out to the rose garden to give his yeah he was pissed and just like i mean uh, who wouldn't be? It was, it was, right. he was just like, I think he was just so overcome with like, I mean, not just grief, but like righteous anger. Yeah. Righteous yeah. anger, which this, this song is. Yep. Um, but again, another song about the weaponization of Christianity for the yep. benefit of those in power, you know, it's, it's gross and it's heartbreaking and, I can't, and then you have people like uh, Alex Jones that pushed the narrative that Sandy Hook was a false flag, and 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 then you have these parents needing to suffer from these conspiracy theorists who are claiming that their children actually weren't murdered, right? You know, and it's just like some of the most evil bullshit that exists. But at least the gun manufacturers are uh, making money hand over fist every time there's a mass shooting right yeah it's like what we were talking about in the in the first segment where it's like again not just the like if there's something bad happening you of course are the one who are behind it and so you have to like twist it you know what i mean like make it the opposite so like if you set something on fire, you're like, well, look at, look at you. You set this on fire. And it's like, no, you didn't. You did that. Like, that's the only way that these conspiracy theorist types can like process something that atrocious is just immediately being like, uh, no, it wasn't real. It was a false flag or no, that was Antifa. It wasn't us, you know, just like switching it around like that. Um, yeah. I think these are some of the best lyrics that Reese has ever written. And yeah. I also wrote down, you want your ledgers black. We want our children back. I mean, that's, I will say like, just the song hits hard as a parent. It hits hard for anybody, but especially in the bridge, you know, when he, this is the like plea I was talking about. We whisper lullabies, Jesus Christ, don't let them die. When we send our kids to school, we're worried about whether they're going to be, you know, human sacrifices to appease this country's religion of gun worship. It's just a fucked up state to be in. Um, and and you got it like and not I'm not trying to be intentionally dark or anything, but like you got to think about how the kids at Sandy Hook are about the same age as your totally. kids are now. Yes. You know, and Do like you, you hear this, 
you you hear this song and it's just like and when when i think about you know uh when i was listening to this record and thinking about like how there's not an overt and in much like engine there's not like an overt obvious worship song on here but when i think about worship songs like like I just think this is this song feels like a prayer, you yes. know. Right. <laughs> you know, it's just like in the way that like other uh, biblical characters wrestled with God, and they and they right. would speak to God, and just just like, um, you know, like you said, you know, Jesus Christ, don't let them die. Um, it 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 always hits me. I'm not even a parent for God's sake. And, right. and I, and I, but like, I still, I, I just see the, the way that we year after year after year, we fail our children. Yeah. And I just, I grieve as we all should, yeah. as everybody should, if they have a goddamn heart. Right. Yeah. It's a, it's a backwards way to be a society. Um, but yeah, and you know, we talked a little bit about the, this is where some of the breaking down the barricades and storming the Palisades lines come in, which, which do feel a little different to me after the last week. But I think, you know, again, to your larger point, it's, this is about, um, you know, this is, this is a a metaphor about the state of, of things. And, um, musically, I would say, again, I just love the whole, the fuzzy bass, the horn line, the keys, but that bridge in particular when it's those organy keys that come in and just the acoustic guitar, it almost sounds like Radiohead. <laughs> it's this like kind of weird spacey sound. Um, and then again, the chorus coming in with that almost like rage against the machine style, like that sound. Yeah. I really love it. It all working together, these sort of like disparate elements weaving together for one kind of powerful song so yeah definitely i i this is the one i wrestled with the most whether it would go in my top three ultimately didn't but i i I love it and another song that you know it seems all the more fitting um after last week yeah uh tyrannus is that how you pronounce it yes okay
pretty punk. Um, there are some lines that we need to get to uh, before we move on, but I wanted to hear some of your uh, thoughts. No, I... I literally wrote out the entire second verse to read <laughs> just because <laughs> I mean, uh, yeah, more, more fire bars, more flame emojis. I, I, I remember Reese talking about seeing the Confederate flag around Virginia a lot. And I'm assuming that this is partly coming from that and from, you know, the statues coming down and all that, but like, yeah, I, I don't know. I, that great propulsive chorus really kind of like soaring. I love that for some yeah. reason, there's something about sort of, not his delivery and not the lyrics, but sort of the vocal part in the verses doesn't get me quite as hyped as the chorus, maybe because it's a little slower or something. Um, but by the time it gets to the chorus, I'm really, I'm really the in. lead up. The lead up to the chorus is my favorite. Yeah. Um, the, you know, the um, stars and bars for empty pride still flying the same flag as the KKK. Yeah, and did you want to read that second verse? <laughs> I do. Yeah, ev- read every single word because it's <laughs> <I will>. it's <laughs> it is it is every single fire emoji. Yeah, I realize that we're reading a lot of Reese lyrics, but like, I we can't not do it with this album. It's just he's, that's what that's that's what we're doing here, John. Yeah, that is, this is what this episode is. <laughs> we're reading so much, but it's he. I truly we haven't feel like we haven't. We haven't had an album in like seven or eight years. So. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Well, if we'll we'll just start from the beginning and read every lyric. You know, that's what this episode. <laughs> that's what will we want to do. That's what we're going to do. <laughs> um, don't make us turn this podcast around and read every lyric. From the beginning. Um, we'll turn we'll turn this whole podcast around don't if you think guys we don't. Won't. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, uh, more serious. So verse two. Water cannons stoke the fires, dogs and lynchings, glass and spit. Tell me what you fly that flag for, you two-faced lying patriot. Your generals are dead and buried, lost to time, the cause they carried. The statues that they never earned will bulldoze as your flags are burned. I got chills. I mean, yeah. It's just... The statues that they never earned will bulldoze as their flags are burned. I love that so, so, so much. Because let's, let's talk about for a second why those statues were erected to begin with mm. they weren't erected after the civil war right they were erect- erected in the jim crow south as a means of intimidation right and reminders of uh of white supremacy and right. to try and keep black people in line and that's that's what those monuments mean. And so when people are like, you're tearing down history, fucking no, they're <laughs> right. fucking not. They're tearing I mean, down monuments of racism is what they're doing. Not a lot of other uh, memorializations to losers of U.S. conflicts uh, <laughs> across the yeah. country. So, yeah. Um, and I think it's also worth noting the... Um, the insurrectionists bringing Confederate flags, mm-hmm. uh, the Confederate battle flag into the halls of Congress. And um, there's a photo that I think yeah. will likely and should be included in all history books mm-hmm. for this moment as a moment of great shame. Um, 
And Reese had actually posted a story uh, from the Atlantic uh, called The Whole Story in a Single Photo that shows this uh, insurrectionist carrying the battle flag and behind him is a painting of Charles Sumner, mm-hmm. the abolitionist, and also uh, John C. Calhoun, um, who was a proponent of slavery. Mm-hmm. So it couldn't be it couldn't be more poignant. Uh, and it's devastating. And for people who say that uh, these statues and flags are are about Southern pride, mm-hmm. um, which is exactly why Reese is like, you know, it's the same flag as the goddamn KKK, you know, mm-hmm. and and Stephen Colbert had this great joke. He said, uh, he's like, you always see these flags showing up at the worst places. It's like, you never see someone bringing a Confederate flag to free yoga in the park. Right. You know, (laughs) (laughs) like that's, it's, it's always to like, uh, these white supremacist meetings and these white supremacist rallies. Like this is for these people. This is not about, pride this is about what the flag stands for yeah and the sooner people stop being apologists for symbols of white supremacy the better Uh, and we'll bulldoze them and burn their flags so because um you know uh as as uh they used to say the uh, the uh, fucking uh, Squad 50 song, our state flag, uh, separate is not equal. Our state flag sucks, sucks, sucks. <laughs> hey, there you go. So, John, I think what we're trying to say is, uh, as anti-flag, as eloquently said many, many times, fuck the flag and fuck you. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well put. <laughs> Um, poets and philosophers of our time. Mm. The modern day howl. I've always said. (laughs) That's what you've always said. You've always said just insane is the (laughs) modern day. um, Ginsburg. (laughs) Ginsburg. Totes. Uh, 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 Old anxiety. Old, old anxiety. Sorry. Old, old anxiety. (laughs)
I just want to comment on I love being able to hear Leonor in the the what uh, 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 uh. sounds great. I fucking love it. Love, 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 love it. Um, uh, this, this to me, I know you were saying that this is sort of like, this uh, is probably my least favorite on the record. Uh, really? Really? Okay. That's sorry. What were you going to say? That it would just, no, that no, it like you, no, yeah, you, that you were kind of thinking it was silly, but to me, this, I wouldn't say silly. This to me feels like there's a bitter sweetness to this yeah. song. Like, there's there's a nostalgia um there's a sort of to me it's like looking back on the the formation of of who you were like what like what what formed you and um and how you're a different person now. And uh, like, I don't know. There's something bittersweet to me. Sure. Uh, I wish I could tell you where I've been. I wish you could only see me then. I wish you knew me when those to me don't, those words ring a little like sad to me. And I don't know, maybe they're not, but they just sort of feel like uh I'm different now or things are different now or yeah. Um, I don't know. This song just feels a little bit melancholy to me. Sure. Despite the, despite the upbeat so, yeah. uh, melody. I could see that. I think, you know, and it starts out with uh, rancid references and queen and ends in Weezer references. So I can't argue with any of that. Um, right. But I, it fe- I don't know. It's something about, it feels so like, bouncy and it's just kind of jarring um and i like it again no bad songs on this album um it's fun it's just probably it feels the most sort of like out of place compared to what we just came out of and i appreciate variety but i don't know it it didn't uh it didn't move me in in the way that uh, most of these songs do i don't know this is this this to me feels like um you know when um when people were like, "Oh, is this a is this a Five Iron song saying that they're breaking up? Is this is this what are they saying that they're like breaking up song?" And um, to me, like, and tomorrow may come, and tomorrow may never come again. As we retreat from the sun, the workers are going home. Whatever, amen. To me, that 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 almost feels like a like like look, I. I came from a, like, this is who I used to be. I was very different. I, I'm sort of reminiscing or like feeling nostalgic about albums that were significant. And this might never happen again. I don't know. That's, I don't know. That's kind of, there's sort of a, a duality to this. The like feeling very connected to the past you and maybe not being able to have that again. Yeah, I don't know. That makes, That's, that, that makes sense with the title being a reference to like, you know, all old Lang Syne being about forgetting things and anxiety being about like the anxiety surrounding yeah. the idea of forgetting, letting go of the past, that kind of stuff. So that makes sense. Yeah. I don't know. It's, 
there's there's probably some deeper stuff, but I I don't know. That's kind of what I'm taking away from it. And it's also when you think about ska in general that you think like, oh, listen to this bouncy ass music yeah. coupled with uh profound and like troubling right, right. lyrics. <laughs> you know, that's like yeah, that's sure. like just sort of like the definition of ska. And like uh I I understand what you're saying, like going going from Tyrannus or Tyrannus or whatever, however you want to pronounce it, to old Langxiety, it just seems like a a big shift in tone. But yeah. The the tone the tone of the record the the politics of the record um it's very heavy at the front and yeah. uh the the a lot of the remaining i mean with the exception of um uh wild supplies last the remaining songs on the record are very very personal and mm-hmm. um it's it, this is sort of like to me. This song sort of sets a, a shift in in tone for yeah. the second half of the record. Yeah. Um, uh, which includes "Homelessly Devoted to You," which I'm curious mm-hmm. about uh, you breaking down for me what what it means. <laughs> It, fe- it feels it feels kind of silly to me, but okay. Well, I think when you um, when you couple this with um, with uh, like something I missed, sure. Um, yeah, I could see that. This to me is a song that is primarily about his kids. Mm. Um, and that regardless of where he is or where he ends up, that, um, he will always be, um, a prominent figure and person in their life. Mm. Um, this to me feels like a, um, like a blue comb sort of song sure. that life is hard. Shit is hard. 
and um you know you know uh i'll bleed out just to know you i'd be homeless just just to show you um but i i uh this to me just sounds like a guy who's like i i love i love i love my kids and um he's gonna even if he's living in his car he's gonna do all these amazing things with them just out of the back of his car yeah that all sounds very plausible makes a lot of sense for some reason i was reading it as kind of like a a love song um like the you being a significant other but you're right i mean the are we there dad (laughs) certainly (laughs) adds to adds to your take on it Um, clip it uh clip it to your bike spokes pump up the tires use our flashlights for lightsaber fights yeah no that all makes sense um well, yeah. I'm a dick, Andrew. Okay, are you happy now? <laughs> no, um, no, I don't. I don't. No, this is. There are some personal songs on this record that I imagine. Uh, I've already I've already seen one comment on on social media where people are like, "Reese, you okay?" Um, interesting. Like, because these are they. There's a. There are two very deeply personal songs on this record and yeah um um i'm i i'm curious how you know yeah i i you know it's like it's it's it says something that you know reese would put these yeah, on the album for without sure any. i i deeply love the other one you're referencing which we'll get to later um yeah but uh yeah i, I don't know i i think you're right i think um the bounciness belies a sadness that I wasn't necessarily reading into these songs. To me, it just felt like another kind of, I don't know, because the sound is so kind of like bouncy in these couple songs, it feels sort of out of step with the others to me. So they're not my favorite, but um, I think you're right that there is that kind of melancholy underneath that the happier ska sound that most of the record doesn't have. So that's, that is interesting. Um, I do want to call out one thing I really love, which is of course the bridge, because uh, I love bridges. But the that kind of like '90s alternative sound that comes in uh, at about the, one forty. The, the guitar, the guitar tone specifically. Yes, exactly. Let's hear it's, that. Uh, I don't know. It's hard to other than other than like maybe Weezer or you know um, with. Uh, like without getting canceled talking about like uh, Harvey danger. Cause uh, that guy's canceled. Um, I didn't know that. Well, that's a, uh, yeah, the that's bean dad. Are you familiar with bean dad? <laughs> oh, that's the Harvey danger guy. Yeah. Harvey danger. He's, Are you uh, sure? Uh, that's fascinating. Yes. Okay. Yes. He's a, uh, um, what's his, what's his name? John Roderick. Yeah. I forgot he was he had anything to do with that band. All right. Anyway. Um Yeah. Um I don't anyway. know I don't know I don't know if he's uh I don't remember remember I don't remember what uh let's see. He was a touring um, member. His main thing was the yeah, Long he, Winters. That was kind of the band that he was known for, but that's interesting. Yeah, he um, he just he played he didn't he didn't play like he didn't play like I don't know. He's not like the lead. He wasn't like the lead guy, yeah, yeah, yeah. but like but anyway, yeah. So yes, that's that uh, sound for sure. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's that sort of because I, you know, people when people think of like Harvey Dent, I'm just just a this is a uh, this is a segment. Um, this is uh, flag. This is a flag pod sitter. Uh, exactly. Um, paranoia, paranoia, everybody's coming to get me. This uh that where have all the merrymakers gone is mm-hmm. a very underrated record. If yeah. you have not listened to the entirety of of that Harvey Danger record, yeah. Um I highly recommend going and listening to that record. It's a great 90s alternative record. But mm-hmm. yes, let's uh let's listen to that uh to the court or to the bridge. Even like uh, it, some yellow second vibes there with that. Yeah, yeah. It 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 has a um, it has a late '90s, early 2000 or you know, early aughts kind of pop rock kind of um sounds going on to it, or alternative rock sound. Yeah, um, and almost like it's a um, it like a uh a drop tuning sort right. of situation. Like it's, they, they did like a, an open D tuning or like yeah. a, they, tu- they tuned it down like half a step or something. Right. Like, like we, like Weezer did that for a lot of their songs. They tuned, they tuned their guitars down like, like a, like a half step or something like that. Yeah. To give it a, a deeper, kind of a deeper tone, but I'm very into it. Yes. But the, but the, but the, the drums too, Going from that heaviness to the back to the ska guitar and the the right. <laughs> yeah yeah that fun. rules yeah it's good yeah um and John a Dennis song I'm ready baby. This song fucking rules. It rules. Rules so hard. Oh, yes. 100%. So good. So great. Everything about this song rules. Which is why it's my number three. Oh, this song rules. Rules. I it it's 
probably probably my number four. Uh, I I love the horns, the guitar so lines. The guitar line is Sorry. so great. It has it has a um, uh, random access memories Daft Punk feel to it. Yeah, I can um, see that. Yeah, it's totally. like it's a. Uh, I I can't I can't remember what what song it it's is, like but give it, life back to music or something maybe. Yeah, yeah, it's it has it it. The first time I heard it, I'm like, oh, this feels very Daft Punk. And, yeah, that's a good call. Uh, I love it. I love it. Yeah, the Dennis, horn arrangements, man. perfect. Dennis, Dennis, you brought it, and he did these. Uh, these are these are his lyrics too. I, oh, yeah, I believe. this is this is a Dennis song in caps. I yeah, it's. I, I love everything about it. I really love the groove of the bass line immediately. And then that yeah. kind of mysterious guitar part in the beginning, the yeah. and then the horns yeah. come in and I just like feel like I'm in a warm <laughs> bath. It's just like yep. perfect two-tone yep. horn yep. sound. Um, Put down your goddamn phones, everybody. Put down your phones. I, Connect I do with feel, a person. <laughs> you know, he's got the line... Um, He's talking about a character basically being glued to his phone and social media. Fill him with distrust and suspicion till in fact he's all alone. I think that very much has to do with what we were bemoaning earlier of like so much to blame of our current state is is because yeah. of social media and then the bubbles we're in. And I think it's so easy to just like become obsessed with it to the point where you're think everything is a conspiracy and you end up just by yourself with these conspiracies. So I, I like the message. I love the song. Yeah. It's got a great bridge. There's kind of that arpeggio yep. guitar. Um, but well, yeah. And I, some, and some falsetto, some Reese falsetto. falsetto. It's great. Everything about it is great. And it's one of those songs that like, I really enjoyed it the first time I heard it. I didn't necessarily think like, Oh, this is an easy top three for me. But like yeah. the more I sat with it, the more I was just like, every element of this rules it hangs together yeah. so well that chorus yep. is so catchy yeah, yeah. It, it got in the top three it's it's a great song so this this song um this song in combination with um lonesome for her heroes are two songs that are the most that grew in my appreciation yeah um, yeah, I like the. I always liked this song, but yeah, uh, it these this that those two songs were like over time. The more I listened, the more I'm like, oh, the the grooves rule. Yeah, but the but the also the line to, um, uh, a quiet diversion from a love he might have known. Mm. You know the the. <laughs> just like what are we ignoring what are we not seeing who are we not engaging with right um but the you know the the sort of the pun the left to our devices when we turn out the light right uh there's some there's some good there's some good wordplay there but For sure. um i don't know it's there's there's a lot to unpack in the song yeah and I think this is a, this is, I, I, I keep, I keep comparing some of these songs to older five iron songs. And I don't do that intentionally as like a way to like, but like, I just feel like there are uh, themes that and lines that connect five iron songs to each other. Mm -hmm. And, and I do feel like this is a, uh, this is, beautiful America 
yeah updated for 2021 yeah no i had the same thought it feels like in line with other dennis songs but it also you know one thing we talked about in some of the earlier episodes was like they sometimes felt a little jarring compared to the re-songs this feels very much in line with the rest of the album to me in terms of sort of it is of a piece with other things dennis has talked about but i i would say that that conundrum he's exploring is as attached to this perilous moment we're in as anything else so yeah yep yes um oh shit bro oh shit heard this one before Number one, bro. Number one. How could it not be? How could it not be? Like, look, I, there are songs on this record that I'm like, is, I'm like, there are certain songs on there. I'm like, on this record that I'm like, yes, this is among my favorites. But when I get to the end of I know, Wild man. Supplies Last, it, I'm like, oh, of course. <laughs> Th- this is, yeah. a, like, of course this is my favorite song. Right. And especially... I mean, we have we have talked about this song on a previous episode. <laughs> yes, but, many times. But but for those who, for whatever you know, maybe there we have new listeners. Maybe sure. we have a new listener who's coming in who just heard about our podcast because yeah. they read the liner notes. They're who's magnified pod. Shout out to Five hey. Iron Frenzy for mentioning <laughs> us you. in the, the thanks in their liner notes. Thanks um, for putting us above MXPX. <laughs> <laughs> sorry not sorry mxpx um sorry uh frankie t um oh man yeah. we are we are truly i mean we've said variations of this so many times but like if you could have told us as kids i mean this would truly blow our minds so <laughs> thank you five iron yes we love you guys so much um but you know this this song when we first heard this song um, and when I first heard, oh shit, John! Hey, John, how's that? How's that hit? We all deserve this for not forcing kids to pray. Do we need? Do we need to open it up?
when I when I heard that new mix with the horns, the horns. I, oh my god! I it, it was like I was listening to the song again for the first yes, time. Agreed. I was like, holy shit! Holy yes. shit! That was one billion percent the right call yeah. to add in those horns because it's it's not like the song didn't already rule, but the right. end sounded a little samey to the sure. to the to the earlier yeah. chorus, but yeah. like adding in those horns just amped it up all the more, especially in the, like the final, the final, like 20, like 20 to 30 seconds of the song. Yeah. You're just like this. I mean, it already would have been my number one, but hearing that right, for sure, this version was just like, Oh, I mean, this is literally one of my favorite five hundred songs ever. Um, <laughs> yes. It's like we said in previous episodes, instant, all timer, instant, instant classic. Yeah, I, I mean, there's no arguing. I, and again, those horn lines are perfectly in keeping with what we were saying about like they're not just like added on on top of the song; they're woven in perfectly to these different elements of these songs. Yeah, boy, it yep. all just comes yep. together in such a satisfying way. Uh, I get chills so every satisfying. single time I listen to it. <laughs> Um, this is <laughs> this is the only song that Jeremy is credit Jeremy is credit Jer- on <laughs> is credited credit, on musically. <laughs> Jeremy credit musically. What did I say earlier? I said something weird. Um. <laughs> anyway, you've said lots of things. Yeah, my mouth makes many words. Um. <laughs> but uh, I'm curious about that. I will. We we may get uh, a reason to to discuss that with him at some point soon. Uh, wink, wink. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah. I, I, I. It's just. It's yeah. It's one of my favorite favorite songs ever. That's all I gotta <laughs> say. It's number one. It rules. And it, it's it's also another one of those songs where it's like, <laughs> this is like. This is a shotgun blast. This is a scatter shot. <laughs> how many how many middle fingers can <laughs> can race like get in one song? It's yeah. it's great. You know, I, just like you're going Go ahead. Going after the politicians, you're going after the the homophobes, you're going after uh the people that are weaponizing Jesus, you know, yep. you're going after the selfishness of culture. <laughs> this song has everything. <laughs> This is the Siphon of songs. Homophobic church culture. <laughs> that was kind of Trump there. I don't know. Um, yeah. I, yeah. This I, song, <laughs> this was supplies last. Many people are saying this is among the best five hundred songs that they've ever written. Reese Roper, I know the guy, very nice guy. Not everybody likes him. He likes me though. I'm a, he's a big fan of me. He loves Trump. <laughs> tremendous supplies, tremendous supplies. They're lasting, the believe me. With the, They're lasting. <laughs> they will last. They're never going to run out. I've always got the supplies. Many people say, no, oh, where do you get all the supplies? They last. We got we to gotta get it all okay. out now because there's only one more week. Um, uh, I'm, I'm not. I, nope. <laughs> Fuck um, that guy forever. Um, but moving on, Wildcat. <laughs> <laughs> Royal Tenenbaums, anybody? Now you're the king of the North Dakota oil fields Redneck, leatherneck, drilling it for high yields Now you've got a Cadillac, a bulletproof windshield 38 shooting from the hip and keep it concealed A missing girl from a misguided father
This is a driving banger. It is. It's definitely got a, a punk chorus in particular. I um, the, the horns on the chorus too is yeah. what is what takes it next level for me. Yeah, you know, I like I, I I wasn't I wasn't sure about the it seemed like Reese started a little low. It's a little of, low for him. Yeah. He goes up high quick, but yeah. Yes. But like I, I don't know. I still think it works. It's he it's it's a little low, but yeah. um I love the chorus. The chorus is great. The chorus is great. Um I was wondering if this is like a reference to something specific. I mean my understanding is it's sort of like just the ideal of like an oil drilling cowboy type who's ruining the land and ruining his personal life <laughs> kind of in favor of capitalism and machismo or whatever. But I'm like, is this just kind of like a character or is this like a particular story or person? I, I wondered. Yeah. That. I don't know. I don't know. Um, yeah. uh, it's, you know, something I would, like to talk to Reese about and, and get a get a sense of it's the most it's the most like I think on the surface there like we can derive uh, uh, some context clues about what it's about but I do feel like beyond the surface there's more and I don't know what the more is yeah I you think know, we some could of say more... like here's a there's there's the I mean North Dakota, those sort of like people that those contract workers that go and work these dangerous jobs and make a shitload of money, right? Uh, working on these oil rigs, and um, you know, they kind of go where the they go where the work is, and um, yeah. but other than that, it's not a glamorous life and the, and the, in the areas in which they're working are not right. exactly well to do. Yeah. Yeah. And I think some of that, the, the, the clarity of, of the message comes through more in the bridge, um, which is, you know, he says, uh, for all have fallen short in sin, which is a reference to a, a verse in Romans. Um, and then the wound is where the light comes in, which is kind of a variation on, that Leonard, Leonard Cohen, Cohen, yeah, lyric we've referenced on the pod before. Um, yeah, so yeah, I assume that's kind of like a there's this a, is a there's a crack there's a crack in everything. Exactly, that's how the light gets in. This is a person who's who's made some poor choices, but it's it partially comes from a place of woundedness, and that we're not um, we're not we don't have to give up yet. There are still using that woundedness instead to heal ourselves. Maybe so. I don't know. It's an interesting. It's an interesting thematic song. Yes. Wildcat. Uh, <laughs> I, I, uh, the, the wildcat part is, are you, are you familiar with that terminology? I don't know. I'm just referring to the, uh, what's his name in, in Royal Tenenbaums. I haven't um, seen Royal Tenenbaums in years. So. <laughs> the Owen Wilson character does this like Charlie Rose interview where he wow. talks about this book he wrote called Wildcat. And oh, they were wow. like, <laughs> wow. Oh, wow. Mater. Wow. Wildcat. Um, wow. But they were like, <laughs> the question is like, tell us about Wildcat. And he's like, well, Wildcat was written kind of an obsolete vernacular. And then he just kind of stares off into space and goes, Wildcat. Wow. 
<laughs> so anyway, I thought maybe that's what it deserves wow. to. What are you talking about? Wow, Wildcat, wow. <laughs> wow. What were you referencing? No, no, I don't know. I, I don't, oh, okay. I, I, I mean, unless it's about uh, Northwestern University, I don't know. Uh, uh, maybe, maybe we're cracking this whole thing <laughs> wide open. <laughs> yeah, this is specifically about the, uh, the Northwestern Wildcats. Um, no, I don't. I don't know. It's maybe it's a terminology. Wildcat is a terminology for somebody who works. I don't know. Ah, I don't know. You are correct. A wildcatter is an individual who drills wildcat wells, which are exploration oil wells drilled in areas not known to be oil fields. Oh, so okay. We well, there we go. Nailed um, it. Mystery solved. <laughs> um, uh, like something I missed. one yes um <clears throat> i um i resonate with this song mm. quite a bit yeah. um you know uh you know a um relationship that is on the rocks or uh you know doesn't last it's <laughs> not uncommon and um the specifically uh i need a low dose of you believing in me Hmm. line Hmm. um it just feels like it that that to me felt like was the most heart-wrenching line for Hmm. me yeah (laughs) just feeling just feeling like uh yeah, it's a uh, it's 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 tough. It's tough. It's it's interesting, and I think you're probably right about a lot of these intuitions you're having about these songs. But I I didn't read this as necessarily. I read this as ultimately hopeful, and maybe you're not saying that it's not. But like, to me, it was more a love song about kind of just the realities that come with a long term relationship or a marriage. Like, there's just pleading that comes at certain points with it. Um, and but maybe you're right that it is a song about kind of um almost looking back on a relationship or something but i don't know to me it feels to me it still feels like there's a hope here um for building on something together i don't know i, I it's it's very like 
not to not to get into the last track, which is the next one yet, but like this, like something I missed to me feels more like a closing song. Um, cause it's kind of got those, like, it's almost got even like against the sea of troubles vibes or blizzards and bygones where it's kind of like, I don't know, it feels more sort of, um, mournful, but soaring to me. Um, so I kind of thought it would, it would end with this. And I think there are reasons why it ends with the song that it does, but that's, that's the, it gives me sort of an engine vibe. I don't know. What do you think? I could hear a version of this song with Scott playing it on piano. Yeah. Right. Right. Like blizzards. Um, yeah. Like blizzards. Um, uh, you know, the, you know, you know, tomorrow is another day for as long as you both shall live mm. in this life of hiding knives. I cover your, I cover your forgiveness. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, in this war of heartbreak phoned in goodbye serotonin, you know, it's just, it just yeah. seems, it just feels like, a. yeah, this is, this is not where I want it to be. Right. Uh, almost like giving up and, you know, goodbye serotonin just being like, I don't have any more of those good brain feels anymore. Hmm. You know, yeah. it's, I don't know. That's interesting. I almost thought what he was, and again, you're probably right, but I almost thought what he was saying was like, I I don't have, I don't have like all of every single detail of everything. No, no. But I I think you're, I I think you're dialed into the headspace of this album. That's what I'd say. Um, I kind of read that as like the back and forth that comes inevitably with any relationship. Like I covet your forgiveness. Um, then there's the serotonin that comes in with like the forgiveness and going back again. But I, you you could totally be right that he's actually saying goodbye to serotonin and just in a miserable state. I don't know. It, 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 the song feels beautiful and powerful to me, regardless of sort of the state of, you know, Reese's or the, the narrator's r- relationship or any, even what the song is saying, it feels sort of, I don't know. It does this great five iron, thing of capturing something sad but making it beautiful and soaring almost um and i really love that that there's a great horn intro but that guitar part and then the guitar throughout the like it's so cool it uh i don't know it really propels the whole thing for me this is definitely like a top three contender for me well you know when you look at like i wished at the very beginning i wished upon a field of falling stars Mm -hmm. um and it, you know, that your soul, essentially, I wished upon a field of fallen stars that your soul was meant for mine. Mm. And then the end says, I wished upon a falling star that this is the bottom till death pulls the two apart that you have not forgotten. You know, it's mm. just like, you know, when yeah. you look at, when you combine those two, it's like, we're yeah. meant for each other. Yeah. And, you know, fuck that this, could this be any worse that this is, it, it's like, I really want this to be as bad as it gets. Yeah. Know? Yeah. Um, Man. Props Cerise for always being vulnerable. <laughs> like I, this is, this is what I, I deeply love about the dude. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. You know, he's, he's putting, he's putting himself out here in a extremely vulnerable place. Yeah. And, um, I I love that 
so I was somebody as somebody who is an Enneagram four who yes <laughs> loves loves talking about his feels and loves right. being authentic. I just uh, I love that. I love that a lot. We uh, we diagnosed him as such. He has he has yet to take the Enneagram, <laughs> but I'm fairly certain that's what he is. <laughs> um, yeah, I will definitely look at homelessly devoted to you and the song differently post this discussion. Um, so anyway, I, yeah, but regardless, I, I, I really like this song. Same. Um, be same. Um, Irfano. track. This uh, this is so in line with um, so many songs across the five hundred yes, discography of for sure. the the outcast, yes, and the the disenfranchised and the lesser than, um, yep. and the alienated and and the tormented and you know I I I love it I love I think it's a I think it's a good, it's a good place to end the song on the sort of finding home in, um, you know, them, them welcoming in those people, you know, right. Yeah. Fly you orphans here. You belong, you know, it's, it's the, uh, it's kind of like, um, Take going back to uh, the so we sing, you yep. know, you know the flying the yep. Yep. the flying imagery and and that we sing. They were made fun for singing. They were made. Someone was making fun of them. Uh, and from my understanding, these are stories. This is not like um, just a creative exercise. But from my understanding, and talking to, I think I was talking to Andy that these were. Um, stories from members of the band that mm-hmm. that these are these are stories that the members of the band experienced. So yeah. they're not just like making things up, but like these right. are their actual experiences, and that makes it all the more personal and um, heartbreaking. And yeah. you know, one time I held my voice. They told me never sing. You know, and. Yeah. 
So I I love I love this song. I think it's a, a more hopeful way to end the record. Yes, I I think it's a great kind of ska punk song. I think I was surprised as I was saying just that kind of is such a like driving banger to close things out on. But the more that I thought about it, the more I was thinking exactly what you're saying. Basically, like this is a five iron mission statement, you know, like there's the idea of flying appears on so many songs, uh, across, across their discography, um, especially closing songs. And so we sing, like you said, but yeah. And it's about bullying, which like in our first episode, we talked about the idea of like finding belonging in five iron, um, when we didn't find belonging in other places. Um, so yeah, I think thematically it totally makes sense as a place to sort of end in, um, and yeah, the, like you said, the now fly you orphans who you belong, welcome you wayward souls, now lift your song. That feels very sort of like Five Iron <laughs> gathering us up and sending us out as this yeah. like community we're a part of. Um, yeah, I don't yeah. know. I, it's not it's not worshipy, like you were saying, but no. the idea of us finding belonging and flying together does feel like a form of worshiping. You know, even finding belonging in God, if you're if you're looking at it in that light. Um, and it is powerful. You know, it doesn't surprise me that you're saying that these are, I assumed they were true personal stories. Um, but the idea of kind of the ending of the song is appropriate and powerful yeah. also of like, they had no right to steal your song, but you're still here and they are gone. So sing on. I mean, that again, yeah. it harkens back to the sort of broken, but not defeated theme of, of albums like Engine of a Million Plots. And I, I'm very here yeah. for that mode of Five Iron. So I, yeah, I, I, I like it a lot as well. Yeah. And it, um, it it's like the hope still flies you know that's exactly that's kind of that's kind of the the vibe we get on songs like um so we sing and and this song you know yep um well that's until yeah. the shakes apart uh Boom. eight years in the making yeah bro. um I'm I don't know. Happy, I, I'm very happy with this record. Me too. I feel very, I feel very connected to yeah. this record. Um, and as I said, um, towards the begin, beginning of this segment, that um, despite a lack of a closing worship song, and despite there being swearing and it being very politically left. Uh, I still think that this is Five Iron's most Christian record and most Christ-like record that they've that they've written. I like that take a lot. I feel like I feel like Reese would really like that that pull quote. Um, <laughs> so okay, so your number one, Well Supplies. Yep. Number two, Renegades. Number three, Bullfight. Right. My number one, While Supplies, number two, In Through the Outdoor, number three, One Heart Hypnosis. Um, I'm very, very curious to hear what people think. Please, we'll be back next week, so please call in, leave a voicemail, leave an email, leave a comment, let us know what you think, because it's so exciting. We've been doing this podcast for a year, on and off. We've been talking about, you know, 25 years worth of Five Iron Records, and this is the first new one since we started. And like you said, we're going to, we're going to be diving in. <laughs> so we dove in deep, but I, I love so much about this record. I do want to sit with it longer and see where it ultimately sort of stacks up for me. But do you have a sense, not to put you on the spot, but do you have a sense of where it might fall 
album rankings wise for you? Uh, yeah. In my, in, in my top three. Wow. Okay. Yeah. I think again, objectively as, as, as a musical success, I would certainly agree. Um, subjectively, I think for me, it's got to fall below engine and even between the pavement and stars, just cause I'm more into that sort of mode. Um, I mean, you're going to include between pavement and stars as a, that's just how I'm doing it. <laughs> it doesn't oh. have to go. It <laughs> yeah, would go. You and I, you and I have historically disagreed on. <laughs> if I'm on counting all the five, okay. If you get between out of there, I mean, I had at engine at I'm number talking, four. I'm talking, I'm talking full length, bro. Proper LP is fine. It would Proper still go LPs. below. It would still go below engine for me. And I had engine at four. So this would, this would make my top five. And you had engine at like two, right? Uh, I think he, I, don't I think it was number two for you. So yeah, that makes sense. I think, to be in your I, think I I th- I think I uh, I think I had. Um, I think this would probably this would probably bump out upbeats. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, if I, I if I remember, like I I yeah, this is this this I think this is an achievement in uh, uh, in writing a song for a moment. But also speaking truth to a community of believers uh, that needs to hear these these words. Yeah, like and just good. No, no, just saying as somebody who is not actively inside that circle, but is very much engaged with yes a lot of people within that circle. Uh, this is the kind of stuff that um, I think needs to be said. And which is why I would go so far as to say uh, there are prophetic elements to a lot yeah. of the songwriting on this record. A hundred percent. And I think it's paired with some of the most sophisticated songwriting and musicality they've ever uh, put on record. So which is why, of course, it would be like your number five album, right? <laughs> You're right, yeah, or six, whatever. Um, <laughs> Fuck you, Potter. <laughs> Again, I'm talking subjective. Um, we, whatever. We we haven't we haven't um, we need to we haven't done like a, a full final ranking of the of the records. I don't think did we did we do we a, did, did without we, this we did, one did, yeah yeah without this one so. Uh, I think we're going to need to give that some time before we, uh, yeah, I think so. I mean, again, like, yes, if you, if I were in a music, if I were putting on a music critic hat, there's no way that this isn't a better album than upbeats and beatdowns. Like it's just not possible. <laughs> However, right. in my heart full of five iron music and memories from over the years, I can't, I cannot displace upbeats for a new album. <laughs> so anyway, it's all that to say, I, I truly love it. It's, it's really interesting. I don't think it was an easy or safe way for them to make a new record in a lot of ways. Um, and yeah. I'm very curious about where fans will fall with it. Um, so anyway, you can let us know what you think at Magnified Pod on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Subscribe to the pod if you haven't yet already and give us a rating or a review. In fact, 
we have a new review to read, which I failed mm. to do at the top. Uh, mm. But if you leave one, we'll read it on the pod. We got one with the subject, Excellent MXPX Podcast. So Dan8723 has apparently only gotten down with the first season. I hope they continue to the second. Uh, he says, I've only listened to the album discussion episodes, all of which are great. Just stop trying to sing the songs and the guitar and drum parts. <laughs> <laughs> Never. How how dare you? The listeners' ears. You? The listeners' ears don't deserve that. Five stars. Um, so no. uh, you're you're in for a disappointment. <laughs> well, what I will say is that sadly, by a second season, if he gets to the five round season, we do stop that to some extent because it didn't work with Zoom as well. But just know yeah. we're still rocking out in our little our screens here. So, oh man, yeah, there's there's nothing but uh, I there was so much. At least on my end, I was air drumming and air basing yeah, a man. lot. Ugh, you you got I do. I do the I do the high bass though. I do the Paul oh, Rudd. Yeah. I love you, man. High bass. <laughs> I got to keep my right hand up there in the camera so that you can see me. <laughs> yeah, I, I need you. I need you to know that I'm slapping the bass. <laughs> oh man, Scott big slaps time. that fuzz bass big time on this record. Yeah, yeah. Scott um, is all the slipping the bass. <laughs> slap the bass. Slap the bass. Slap the bass. Um, <laughs> big time. you, you can, big, big time, <laughs> big time. You can big email time. us, <laughs> you can email us at magnifiedpod at gmail.com. You can leave us a voicemail big time at 872-762-4763, 872-7-MAGBAD. <laughs> you can support us that at was, the Patreon. <laughs> I don't know what that was. <laughs> I have no idea what that was. I've had, I've, I've had some whiskey. <laughs> Um, support us at the Patreon at patreon.com slash magnified pod. And another thing we forgot to do up top was another thank thing? our newest, another thing we forgot to do was thank our, our newest patron, oh, uh, Sadie, Sadie Hawkins pod. Ever heard of him? Hey, oh, hey, oh, yeah, Danny Leary and Jess, <laughs> yes. um, uh, do the Sadie Hawkins pod doing a song by song podcast of Reliant K. Yes. Um, past and future guest? I don't yeah, know. I think we can say that. Well, yeah, we'll see. Um, now, Danny, a one-time patron, gave up on us. No problem. That's fine. We all come and go. Now coming back in full force with his podcast behind him. So thank you, Danny. I also should say, we we didn't. We also failed to thank Danny for coming up with the name idea for season three, Pods yes. from the Penalty Box. That That's was a Danny Leary. Uh, Danny Leary original. Yeah. Danny Leary so, original. Thank you, Danny. But John, should we should we talk just very briefly about season three and when when this is happening? Sure, let's do it. All right, uh, February February first. Hey, Monday Monday February first, season three Boom. of Magnified Pod presents Pods from the Penalty Box will be dropping. We will be talking. Slick shoes. Hey. So prepare your bodies because it is happening. Get ready. Get ready, people. Um, before that, we'll have a little more five iron fun to close things out. Yep. Um, yep. Uh, you can also pick up some merch at magnifiedpod.storeenvy.com. Thanks to shadow producer slash artwork designer for the new album Jason at Unoriginal Vinyl and thanks to Heavy Ordnance Studios and Danny Leary, the aforementioned, for our artwork uh, Well, uh, season two is winding down, but only for this up we want you to be found enjoying the next episode 
more shows like this one, visit rockcandyrecordings.com.